You're listening to Banter with the Boys. Talking all things sports. From betting and brawls, Super Bowl to Stanley Cup Finals. Get laced up. It's time for Banter with the Boys. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Banner with the Boys. Week 16 has come and gone. We have week 17 coming up here. Back with me today, we have Smelty. How you doing? How you feeling, brother? I'm glad to have you back. Yeah, man, I'm feeling a lot better today, that's for sure. Uh, still, the, my brain still ain't back. I was forgetting everything. Like, I locked my keys in my truck last week, and I had to break into that thing. Like, <laughs> I guess I only have one key, and I've owned the truck for four years. You'd think I'd... Uh, Get a second key by now, but that has not happened. So. That is hilarious. But we made it here. The truck's outside, so I got in. I got there in. we go. There we yeah. go. So we back to like first round projected or? No, I'm mid-second right now, but we're we're definitely raising the stock still. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, we hope to have you back to that first round next week, boss. You bet. All right. Well, let's get into football here. So week 16, come in, gone. We'll start this week with my Packers going down to Carolina, taking on the Panthers as a four and a half point favorite. And boy, did they not cover that four and a half points. Packers ended up squeaking this one out 33 to 30. We both had the Packers covering that four and a half points. Kevin had the Packers covering that four and a half points. And I really thought we were going to lose this game. <laughs> no, 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 no kidding. Uh, <laughs> and like you, like you said uh, a couple weeks ago when the Vikes won three, nothing against Vegas, uh, we pulled out a squeaker and that's what happened here. So, uh, I mean, at least Aaron Jones was back a little bit to form. Aaron Jones say. was the sole reason we won this game. Uh, but that defense was really sketch. I don't need to go into another Joe Barry rant like I did on the last <laughs> podcast, but if that guy is here at the end of the year, well, he'll be here at the end of the year. If he's here at the start of next year, I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't know if I can make it through another season with him as our D coordinator, man. No doubt. I mean, what's the, what's the biggest issue, you think? Like, what's, like, I know I heard the rant last week. I listened to the pod. But, uh, like, what, what's the most glaring issue, like, what, in your opinion? Uh, to me, it's just the lack of of adapting throughout the game. And, I don't I mean, I don't know if it's the game plan coming in. Like, our game plan forever since he's been our coordinator is to play 10, 15 yards off the ball, which I just don't understand. You know, we have speed on the outside. We have corners that can cover, like, one-on-one situations, and he just will forever give up the underneath routes. And... I mean, I I, do, I really don't think it's a lack of talent. I sure hope not. We've invested so many first-round picks on the defensive side of the ball where I just I really don't think it's a lack of talent. I mean, injuries have always plagued the Packers' defense. That, that just seems to always be a thing. So, you know, you can't really use that as an excuse. But I don't know. Like, it's we show spurts during the, the, the three-game stretch there. They looked great. They looked great. Yeah, no, they looked really good, actually. <laughs> and then... Against the Giants and the Panthers, <laughs> we lay an egg. Like, like I said, I was, I was, I was shocked that we did not lose this game when it's all said and done. Because who did you guys just beat recently? Uh, did you beat the Chiefs? Yeah, yeah, you beat the Chiefs. Yeah, and the like Lions. That, like that was a great win. Yeah, beating the Lions too on that was Thanksgiving Day, wasn't it? Yeah, like those are the, both big wins, and you could see the adjustments actually be made at halftime. And now you don't like it's almost like there was there was nothing. They're just kind of 
the play calling is just kind of, I don't know, really pedestrian, really like nonchalant, not really giving a crap almost. Like, I don't know. Right. I mean, like, how, how do you allow Bryce Young to go 23 of 36 for 312 yards? Bryce Young hasn't touched 300 yards since he was playing at Alabama <laughs> and against the Packers. Let's just throw for 300. And I, I mean, to be honest with you, and the Packers Achilles Hill has been their run game. We slowed them down. I wouldn't say bottled them up, but they only had 96 yards rushing as a team. So, you know, we, we kept them in check. But they really, the, the Packers defense couldn't really handle that, like, middle passing area. Yeah, and not the having Devondre Campbell end. definitely hurt with sure. that. Which you makes know, sense. Quay Walker has done a very, very good job. I like him a lot. But Trent McDuffie, or sorry, Isaiah McDuffie, Trent's his brother who plays for the Chiefs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but Isaiah McDuffie, you know, he's he's not a starting inside linebacker in the NFL, I guess. He, he's played good. He's played what's kind of expected, but he's just... He's not going to give you what a Devondre Campbell obviously would. And, I mean, the offense, they, they looked good. Jordan Love looked pretty good, especially being out. Jaden Reed, Christian Watson, Dontavian Wicks score, hurt himself or got hurt on, you know, his touchdown grab just before that, uh, the, the, the end of the first half. So that hurt going into the second half. But, I mean, he, he was moving the ball around. Aaron Jones just tore him up. Aaron Jones was the player of the game, like, bar none. He got those those touchdowns hawked from him down in the goal line, but I just... And, of course, counterpart A.J. Dillon grabs one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and he Jordan was banged Love up coming. the other one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, I don't know, man. It's... But it's nice. To, it's refreshing to see the return of the rushing game with, with Aaron Jones. I mean, that's got to be refreshing to see. And also, I mean, probably makes you feel at least a little bit better heading to Minnesota this weekend, which we'll, we'll talk on that later, obviously. Obviously. But it's got to at least make you feel better about the game this weekend and your guys' chances in that game, even though you only beat arguably the worst franchise in the NFL right now. There's no argument. By three. There's no argument. They're hands <laughs> down the worst team in the league. I mean, it's it's not even remotely close in my opinion. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, it gives me a little bit of a hope. But the defense, the Vikings defense is buzzing right. They're playing pretty darn good right now. So yes it's, no. you know, but it's at the same time, like, Bryce Young throws for 312. What's Nick Mullins going to do? Throw for 450, bud? Nothing, because in my opinion, Nick Mullins ain't starting. But we'll get to that. That's interesting. But yeah, enough about the Packers. You know, we, we hopefully the injury bug has, has come and gone now. Uh, in a perfect world, we get Christian watching and um, Jaden Reed back next week. But I do want to touch on Tucker Craft and how much promise we have in these two young tight ends with him and Luke Musgrave. Two rookies. We, we very rarely have a good tight end presence. We really haven't since Jermichael Finley. Like Robert Tunyon had a good year where he had a lot of touchdowns. One but good year, yeah. Yeah, literally one good year. That was pretty much it. Yeah, Jermichael Finley, I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah I was nice. back in back in the way, back in the heyday of the Packers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Tucker Kraft has really, really impressed me. You know, four catches for 60 yards. He's just shown that consistency. You can dump it down to him. He's going to put his head down. He's going to de- He's falls forward. He certainly don't take a hit without giving one back. And I like what I'm seeing in this young like offensive skill players that we have. Yeah, the key word there is consistency. And I mean, you're still seeing it with Dobbs too. And Wicks was starting to be more and more consistent as the season has gone on. So that actually is nice to see. And honestly, if you look at Jordan Love's numbers and compare those to Patrick Mahomes' numbers of this season, I know Mahomes is having a bad season. I'm not ever going to say Love is Mahomes. But at least should make you feel better about like, hey, like for me, if I was you, 
I would be okay with Love starting as quarterback of my Packers in 2024. Oh, and I will never say my Packers again. That was ugly. Sorry. That was awesome to hear. Wow. But no, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I, 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 as our thorough listeners have have known, you know, I've been for and against Jordan Love all darn year. So it's we'll we'll see how that continues. But I can only expect him to grow and get better. His first year starting. Like I said, very, very, very young skill players around him. They're only going to grow in the system and grow that consistency with J-Love. And we still have Aaron Jones on the books. I know Rodgers is trying to get everybody of his old team to the Jets, but it, that's really interesting at that. The reports for that man are just crazy how much he just gets talked about with conspiracies and whatnot. Media loves him. Just loves him. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I'll look going forward for the Packers. We got the Vikes this week, which we'll get into, and then the Bears the week after, we need to win both those games to have a fighting chance at the playoffs, and we need a little bit of help along the way. Um, but let's get into your Vikings, man. Vikings went down, or sorry, they hosted the Detroit Lions coming in as the Lions were a three-point favorite in this game. I figured that spread was going to be a little bit more, um, but the Lions won this game pretty handily, 30-24, to 24, without a little promise for the Vikings. Vikings started off good, and then, you know, Detroit just kind of took over. Um for the record, all three of us had the Packers winning last week and covering that four and a half, and they did not for this game. I did think the Lions were going to cover that three points. Smelty and Cab Dog did not. I ended up taking the dub on this one. But tell me how this game went. I wasn't able to really catch too terribly much of it. Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of weird because the Vikings almost felt like they were in control most of the game, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, you had Nick Mullins throw for 411 yards, and if you just looked at that and stopped right there, you're like, heck yeah, whatever. <laughs> but uh, but then you look at the rest of it, right? The two tuds, heck yeah, four picks. Also giving up four sacks. This dude was under pressure most of the game. However, I'm still a little bit concerned about that Lions defense with the season coming close to the end here and making that playoff push, and the Lions actually could make a play for that number one seed yet even at this point. Um, do I think they're going to get it? No, but uh, I think they, I think, you know, Lions fans rejoice. You won the NFC North. That's awesome. And to be honest, it's refreshing to see. It doesn't really hurt my feelings, um, but it's, it's concerning because Nick Mullins was right there at the end of the game. He threw a pick on your guys's five yard line and the ball is behind JJ and whatever. People are saying J.J. could have came back to it. Eh, yes and no. Um, but the four picks just shows you. Like, Mullen's issue is he uh, he doesn't keep his receivers out of trouble. You know, you got the great quarterbacks like Tom Brady and and even Mahomes and guys like that. Uh, they they keep their receivers out of trouble because they're, they're already looking at that. And it's just, you know, that's what makes quarterbacks so great. And um, <laughs> you saw how much the Vikings could have used Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins was in this game. The Vikings would have beat the Lions this week. I, I would almost guarantee that. And that's what's concerning to me for the Lions going into the playoffs, to be honest with you. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. I mean, just strictly looking at the box score here, like I said, didn't wasn't able to catch too terribly much of this game. But I'm and to me, the, the story of the game here, just the disparity and the rushing between the two teams. Well, and that's just it, too. Like, the Vikings felt like they were playing from behind the whole game when they weren't. There's no reason they were forcing the throw all game, and it was so obvious. So obvious. Yeah, I mean, 11 carries as a team is, is just wild. When Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery had more than 15-plus each right. for, the, for the Lions. Now, and granted, eight. They, I mean, and they, eight. they ate. Yeah. 
Uh, now, granted, the Lions, that's their bread and butter. They're, they're a rushing team. You know, Jared Goff's going to come in and, in quotations, game manage, just do what he needs to do to not necessarily lose the game, but he's not going to win you a lot of games if that rushing game isn't producing. But 17 yards as a team? Yeah, unacceptable. You're not going to win a lot of football games in the NFL no. with 17 yards rushing. No, so I can't even speak on the Lions' rush defense this game, to be honest, because there's just not, a, not big enough sample size, to be honest with you. There's really not. And... Like that, that's why I'm not I'm not worried about the Detroit offense at all. I think they can hack it with almost any team in the league in a playoff game. But their defense I'm I'm concerned about. They let the Vikings almost come back and win that game when their quarterback at the time threw three picks in the game and they had no business being in it at that point. No, absolutely. I mean, you you three three picks at that point to still even be in the game is is just crazy. It's it's just crazy to me. And <sighs> This Lions team, they're just so up in the air because, like, do they beat good teams? No. They haven't, don't really have, like, a solidified great win on the year outside of week one against the Chiefs, and what are the Chiefs right now? Which was a bigger win at in week one of the season than it would be right now. Yeah, it looks a heck of a lot better now. Looks a heck of a lot better now. And I, I don't know. I mean, it's... It's cool to see the Lions win the, the NFC North for the first time in 30 years. I really like Dan Campbell. I like what he's done you know with the team and they've built into that that mentality behind him but I just don't think the Lions are going to do anything in the playoffs I really don't I mean even going against let's say that they're likely going to get the third seed you know the NFC East NFC West will be the one and two more than likely so that means you're going to play the fifth seed which is either going to be the likely the Eagles or the Cowboys I don't see the Lions winning that game yeah I mean the only thing they'd have going for them is that they'd be at home. <laughs> and they would need all of the home crowd as they could get for Uncle Mo, that's for sure. But, I mean, if, if you look at the, I, I like how they match they up They could play the Rams. Right now they're playing the Rams if it ended today, you know, blah, blah, blah. They would play because they're, they're the third seed today, right now, you know, because of winning the division and blah, blah. So the Rams would so actually. they play the fifth seed. They would play the sixth seed. The fifth seed would play the fourth seed, which would be the Buccaneers at the moment, who would oh, win the yeah, NFC yeah, South. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. So. So if the Rams traveled there, boy, would that be a story? And that's what everybody's kind of like hoping for that and, would and be stuff insane. at this point. That'd be kind of cool with Matt Stafford going back home. and That would be crazy. That'd be a crazy, crazy storyline. I don't know if I could have, see the Lions winning that game with just how much Matt Stafford has to play for. You know how bad he'd want to win that game? Just that game. Whether they make it to the bowl or not, which they probably wouldn't, <laughs> having to go through who they who else they'd have to go through. But that'd be that'd be a big win like on a personal level. Be like, you know what? Won a Super Bowl, went back, beat Detroit in the playoffs. I'm done. I'm calling it a career. Yeah, what a way to walk off. What a way to walk off. But, yeah, so looking at the Vikings, what their outlook is the rest of the year, they need to win the next two games. As we stand right now, they are not in the playoffs. They are one spot outside of it with a a multitude of teams tied at 7-8, and and then those last two playoff spots go into 8-7. and Um, You know, the... The the fifth seed's pretty much locked up. That first wild card oh, spot's yeah, locked up between sure. the Cowboys or Eagles. It, it literally is. They 100%. already clinched the playoffs. Yep. So it's going to come down to the Rams, Seahawks, Vikings, Falcons, and Packers, and Saints. Um, and then the Bucks with that, too. Obviously, one of those teams is going to win the NFC South, and they they play each other quite a bit here going to the end of the year. So it could the Vikings still have be the anybody. Packers and then yeah. the Lions. That's a tough two-game man with to have to win both games. That's a tough two games. No, no doubt, no doubt. And, like, I know a couple pods ago I said, now, obviously, I made my prediction that the Vikes would win because I'm always going to do that. Um, but a couple pods ago I did say, like, 
that the Lions would win in Minnesota, but then that the Vikings would win in Detroit in the final game of the season. Because think about it. If, if, if there's no way the Lions can increase their seed or would want to increase their seed, whichever they're sitting, would they sit anybody? Obviously, Dan Campbell's already came out and said absolutely not, pretty much. I don't, I don't think so solely because of how much they want, like how, how much greater feeling would it be? Assuming the Vikings win next week, they have to win next week for this to even be a conversation. Um, but for Dan Campbell to spoil another NFC team's playoff hopes, the last oh, week he's of the starting season, everybody then. just like last oh, week, would. just like last year against the Packers, yep. you know, no, granted the Lions needed, if they won that game, there was a chance they could have made the playoffs last year. If the Seahawks would have lost, but but the Lions I, are still playing for that one seed right now today, are, and, so they could still sneak away with it. I don't. Again, yeah, we, we don't think they will. But if the Lions win next week, they're just in the hunt for that number one seed as the Niners, Eagles, or Niners and Eagles. The Cowboys won't be able to get it at this point. But, uh, I mean, right, assuming yep, yep. They, all of those teams don't lose the last two games, and the Niners have a really, really easy schedule going out. Right. Um, but, but just, but just think, like the Vikings had, they they had, you know, their own destiny in their own hands. Yeah. A couple weeks ago. Just like they, the Packers did last week before they lost to the Giants. They, they win the four games they're in. They had it in Nick Mullen's hands, actually, more specifically, and now that's faltered. And now that's why that leads me into really quick before we move on, because we absolutely should, because we don't need to talk about the purple. But the, the Jaron Hall should start this weekend and the next and the last week against Detroit, because you're on the outside looking in right now. Jaron Hall didn't look that bad against Atlanta. At least let him start the half. Now, that's weird, right? Just to throw Nick Mullins in the second half, if God forbid, then why don't you just start him? I get that. But you got you to see what you have in Jaron Hall going into the offseason, too. And now with you on the outside looking in, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd like to see Jaron Hall this week. I really would. But I don't. I my gut's telling me we're probably going to see Mullins. I think Dobbs doesn't have a shot at starting for the Vikings the rest of the season. Um, people, are, people are trying to throw his name in there too. And I'm like, absolutely not. Um, but Mullins pretty much did the same shit. So, but just better than Dobbs. <laughs> so I don't know. I could see them starting the rookie. Otherwise it make, I mean, no matter what the Vikings got a crazy off season coming at the quarterback position as far as what they're going to do. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I, I don't see them making this change to an unproven rookie at this point. At least, you know what you have in Nick Mullins putting him in there. You do. You do. It's, I mean, I can see him having a very short leash, but I, I don't think Hall would be, I think Dobbs would come in before Hall. Really? Just because of the provenness, you know, cause they, they have so much to play for still where to put in an unproven rookie who, yeah, did have a decent first half. Well, first two series and then got concussion. First, first That's two all series, we have. Yeah. That's the only sample size. Right. So I just, I, I think there's just too much to play for And the season's right still now. on the line, technically. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, so moving on. We had the Browns go down to Houston, take on the Texans. Houston was a two and a half point favorite in that game, and they did not win that <laughs> two and a half or cover. Well, it doesn't matter because they had to win and win by two and a half. Uh, the Browns dominated them 36-22. Texans need CJ Stroud back, brother. They need him back. Yep. Yep. And I mean, even with Davis Mills in there, they are trying to force force it again. And then did he go down? Or no. why did Case play? Did they play? Case started. Him? Oh, Case okay. <laughs> Case started. <laughs> I see that. And went oh for uh zero zero tuds, two picks, three sacks. Yeah, no, nah, no wonder they put in Davis. But uh which is crazy because Davis Mills actually didn't play that bad last year. To the point where I was like Oh, okay, if they don't get a quarterback, which we all knew they were still going to take a quarterback, we're like, oh, they might be okay. Yeah, he's he's definitely played himself into what I would have thought would be the number two role over Case Keenum. 
you, you would think. And, you know, he played good, not great when he came in. The game was already it was too pretty late. much over yeah, at too that far point. Gone. Yep. You know, footless Joe Flacco out there just doing what Joe Flacco does. Three tuds, two interceptions, 368 yards. And my, oh, my, <laughs> Mr. Amari Cooper. That's all he's got to do. Huck it up to Amari, I guess. What more? I mean, what more do you need to do? You got Amari Cooper going for 265 yards on 11 catches and two tuds. Yeah, that's that's honestly a that's <laughs> that's elite. What that's more elite. needs to be said? No, nothing, nothing. You said it. Just the stat line is fine. And I know everybody's like, "Oh, you guys talk about stats." Yeah, right there, because there's nothing else to say about that. Amari Cooper, elite. 11 receptions, 265, two tuds. Obviously, the number one target there in Cleveland. Um, I do think it is interesting how that offense is looking with Joe Flacco at the helm. Now, I think we are just seeing some Fitz Magic type of situation going on. I don't think Joe Flacco could come back next season and do this for a full season for a team in the NFL. But it is interesting to see how their offense is looking with Joe Flacco running it compared to Deshaun Watson. Um, yeah, that that's the kind of a topic of discussion right now. If Joe Flacco ends up coming, you know, the Browns make the playoffs. Let's say they win one, maybe two playoff games. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. I don't really see that. They have the defense for it, but they just don't have enough consistency with to, to I'd say, win it. But, I mean, Probably not. But could you see this, though? Look at Joe Flacco coming in and getting a maybe one- or two-year deal, 15, 20 mil each year, kind of like the Geno Smith deal. For who? Cleveland? No, not for Cleveland. Okay, the Cleveland's say, committed to Deshaun committed Watson. To, okay, it's a yeah, fully yeah, guaranteed contract. Yeah, yeah. There's no debate who the quarterback is going forward for Cleveland. There shouldn't be, at least. When you're, you're paying him that much money, it's as simple as you just can't not play him. But for another team, you know, somebody that has a young quarterback, maybe bringing that bridge, maybe win with the, you know, like a, whoever drafts like a Bo Nix, a uh, Jaden Daniels, you know, I don't think Shadur is going to come out this year, but... Drake May, Caleb Williams, you think are going to just be number day one starters as they really should they be as they're projected. But, you know, like a, a Michael Penix, a Bo Nix, um, like I mentioned, a, uh, a Jaden Daniels. I like that idea. He and, probably you know, played his way into behind, that opportunity. Learn behind a, a, a solidified veteran. Super Bowl winner. Yep. You know, a con- con- consummate professional. Oh. So just see kind of what would happen with that. And, you know, I would love to see it because he's obviously saying, like, he's proven he has some football left in him. I'm very curious now. I I think you hit that right on the head. I think there will be a team who has a plan for a younger QB, sign, sign Joe Flacco to kind of be that bridge, to kind of mentor him. Because you see sometimes it doesn't work out throwing a guy to a fire. Look at Bryce Young. Yeah. Look, look at Justin I know, Fields. I know I'm going to date. Look at Justin Fields. Yeah. Look at uh, Trevor Lawrence should have been day one starter. That's a whole nother story, actually, that I could go off on actually right now. And I actually like Trevor Lawrence, but it's time. But anyway, um, but like Christian Ponder, like 15 years ago for the Vikings. Oh, he was the most starting ready quarterback in that draft. And they did that. And it, it hurt him ultimately and the rest of his career. So I, I think that's that's key to a quarterback like that that goes later first, second, third round. Having that veteran presence would make a big difference, I would imagine, in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, he was, he, Flacco was really the, the, well, it was really Amari Cooper, but that was the story of the game. The Texans' offense just couldn't get going. But, I mean, what are you expecting with, with a Case Keenum and a Davis Mills as, as your quarterback? You don't really, you shouldn't, for at least, expect too terribly much. Look at, with, with Case Keenum and Davis Mills, because we mentioned his name a lot the past few weeks, look at Nico Cullen's numbers. There isn't any. Exactly. With no C.J. Stroud, that's interesting. 
Raven Jordan, two receptions, 27 yards, nothing crazy. Robert Woods hasn't really done much all year, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I found that interesting. I was like, hmm. And how many, how many targets did he have? Six. I don't know. I just find it's interesting. They need, they need a CJ Stroud in that building. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they need to, they need to trust the run game more. Now, granted, they, the game got out of hand pretty quick, but only having 16 rush attempts, similar to like the Vikings. Now, different situation is the Vikings were still in that game the whole time when the Browns were kind of running and away with it. leading the game, and you're still not running the freaking ball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> same could be said about the Packers kind of gave up on Aaron Jones for a certain oh. point there. And that was, again, no, we won't go back to the Packers. Um, <laughs> or the Vikings. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, Browns took this one pretty handily. I, I like this Browns team a lot, Smeltzy. That defense is, is Super Bowl ready. They have the defense to win it. It's just a matter of, I mean, you look at the, the Browns rushing, the, the 30 yards and only 54 yards, averaging 1.8 yards a carry. That's not going to win horrible. in the playoffs. That's horrible. But I think the Browns could honestly make a run this year, this season, with Joe Flacco at the helm. I think their defense is good enough to make a run. I They're definitely not a first-round exit, in my opinion. I think that, I think if you play the Browns in the playoffs, you can expect that to be a tough game. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Just, I mean, simply by the fact of their defense. And then if you look at what they have, they need to win one of their last two games. They have Jets-Bengals. Jets is a winnable game. Very I mean, winnable game. So is Bengals, to be honest. That's going to be a good game. But Bengals so should Bengals. be a good. Depends on what Jake Browning you get. Yep. But, so we'll wrap up the Houston game here. Um, Browns took this one. That brings, uh, again, I took the Browns to uh, cover that. Or Sorry, Smelty took the Browns to cover that two and a half. I took the Texans. I was stupid. But we'll move on here. We have Cowboys-Dolphins, what many expected to be a very, very good game, turned out to be, well, a pretty decent game. Yeah, it was kind of, it was really back and forth early on. Really defensive early on, too. Um, just just two playoff teams going at it, duking it out. On, that was on Christmas Eve, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, Christmas Eve. Yeah, Christmas Eve afternoon or whatever. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, great preview. To what we could see. I don't think we'll be seeing these two teams play each other in the playoffs. Um, no shot. I, I don't know what the heck Dallas's deal is. Why can't they Why can't they close out these, these better teams? And I know they made a run at the end of the game. But, I mean. They held Tyreek to under 100 yards. That's hard to do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay, by one yard. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like, Tony Pollard. He didn't look as polished this game as he has most of the season. Um, honestly, I, I like I like the way Dak plays. I think Dak plays good enough to win ball games, even in the playoffs. Um, he's got to lose those sack numbers a little bit more. I mean, sacks are just drive killers. So I don't know. That's one thing I've been paying more attention to this season is how many times these quarterbacks are sacked because no matter what, whether you lose one yard or five yards, you're going the wrong direction and you've lost a down. No matter what momentum you just had on that drive, you might have just lost it. So that's one thing for Dak. He's just got to get the ball out. Absolutely. Absolutely. He needs to get a lot better at that. Um, I thought this game was going to have a lot more offensive fireworks. No doubt. No, no, no doubt. I that's what it was I mean. It would be like a 31 28 kind of game, maybe. It was surprisingly defensive. Yeah. Player of the game is Jason Sanders for Miami. I mean, the Dolphins won by scoring one touchdown. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I don't. Now, granted, the Cowboys only scored two, but if you were to tell me this game would this have been won by game. field goal kickers, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have. That's what I thought too. I thought this would just be a uh, a shootout. 
Like I thought maybe we, de- I figured we'd definitely be over 42 points. hundred yeah. percent. I figured we'd be in the 60 range to be honest, 30 something to 30 something, whatever. Yeah. I mean, um, I would put the over on this and at like 55 and a half. Like I figured it'd be a Tyreek versus CD lamb battle, which I mean, it still almost was, it but was for the most part, it still wasn't. I don't know. It just, it had the playoff feel, but it wasn't like, I don't know. I guess I don't know what I'm looking for. It wasn't entertaining to me. It wasn't, there's was just so much back and it forth. Wasn't any fireworks. No, nobody really gained that momentum and held it this game to me until maybe the end when Dallas finally started kind of showing some life in the fourth quarter. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's, I, I mean, it, it had that playoff feel though, just because it was so defensive heavy. So, I mean, it, it gave me that, that little itch for that playoff football, you know? But, they, you I know, mean, the- Raheem Mostert. What a year he's having, Smelty. 21 touchdowns? Right, which actually I did just see a thing uh, here recently about him. Where is it here? Uh, uh, it's right here. Where is Dolphins it? record for a single season. Well, he was, dude, he's got more offensive touchdowns than most te- than like five, six, seven teams in the NFL. Yeah, I, I think I saw that too. Oh, there it I is. I saw that he's too. Got, He's got more offensive touchdowns. This is when he hit 20. The Steelers also had 20. The Patriots had 20. Giants were at 18. Panthers were at 16. And the Jets were at 13. He's, he's having himself a year. He's having himself a year. He's, he's if Tyreek wasn't having the year he's having and CMC wasn't having the I was, year he's dude, having. Dude, I was just about to say, don't say so, anything stupid right now. Well, but it's, it's just like, I mean, he has to be one of the finalists for Offensive Player of the Year. Who, Mostert? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, He has to be. I want to say he, sh- he should be. He should be. I don't think he will. Well, he'll be a finalist. You know, there's like three or four finalists, so it's going to be Tyreek, CMC. Who else would you put up there? Well, before last night, Brock Purdy, but he could still play his way into that again. Well, so, I mean, Purdy's not going to be for Offensive Player of the Year. That would be in the MVP talk. Are, are we not talking MVP? No, I'm talking Offensive oh, Player offense of the Year. Offensive Player of the Year. Oh, yes. Most MVP's are, a quarterback. Mostert should absolutely be uh, part of the finalists for um, geez, play, Offensive Player of the Year. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have the receiving stats that you would kind of expect, to be honest with you, with only 175 receiving yards and three touchdowns, but he has 1,000 yards rushing and 18 touchdowns rushing. Dude, that 18, like, we don't see a lot of high-scoring, you know, rushers anymore as far as touchdowns go. You know, this isn't the same, like, like our boy LT and Adrian Peterson. It's not those days anymore. It's, it's much more of a passing passing game. So you'll see a lot more running backs with the receiving touchdowns now. Yeah, and to put that in perspective, too, CMC, you know, he has seven receiving touchdowns and 14 the rushing CMC's touchdowns. CMC's just, I'm sorry, dude, but we'll, we'll get to CMC. In, literally in the next game here, but I just that dude's effing game changer. I whatever. He's 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 crazy. <laughs> he's crazy. Um, but so the outlook here for the Cowboys, they are they are out of the running of the number one seed. You know, assuming that the Lions, Eagles, and uh, Niners don't lose the last their all of their last two games, that's just simply not going to happen between all of them. Well, that simply well the Lions or the Cowboys will be take themselves out of that number one seed contention this week because they do play each other. And then yeah, the, Cow- <laughs> the Cowboys end the year in uh, in Washington. So, you know, that that's a game that they should, should be a win. win. Yeah. Yeah. So Cowboys, you know, I could see them going two and one over this last stretch or just even one and one at 11 and six or 12 and five. That's a, 
they're in the playoffs, so nothing needs to be said about that. And then the Dolphins, they could still win, have that number one seed as well. Uh, not likely with the Ravens having their last two games here. Well, the Dolphins actually play the Ravens this week. <laughs> and they finish the season in Buffalo. Mm, That's do- a tough mm. game because there's some with playoff how hot implications. Buffalo is yeah, right now. And Buffalo's probably going to need that game to win. Oh, yeah. So Buffalo. for the record, uh, Smelty and I both had the Dolphins covering the one and a half point spread, and they did indeed do that. Um, so not a very great week for Smelty and I, but we'll we'll wrap that up here after the next game. Our game of the week, the Baltimore Ravens traveling to San Fran, taking on the Niners. The Niners came in as a five and a half point favorite in this game. And boy, did they get their butt whooped. Ravens won this game 33-19. There was never a point in time outside of the initial safety that I thought the Baltimore was in trouble this game. Brock Purdy took himself Which was out whack. of... Yeah, Brock Purdy took himself out of MVP contention as ES or the NFL's YouTube channel literally put as a caption as one of his picks. It was Brock Purdy throwing away the MVP. Oh, I saw that. The actual <laughs> NFL brand. Yeah, I YouTube saw that. Channel. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Just hilarious. And uh, you know, but as much as sorry, sorry, before you get in here, but as much as Purdy took himself out of the MVP race, Lamar might have cemented himself as the leader. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. Lamar played played absolutely outstanding. Um especially away in San Fran. I, I really thought San Fran would come out strong here. And uh, I mean, two of Purdy's picks were those kind of those like tip, tip up in the air pick or whatever. But like, that's where that quarterback IQ comes in. Like, don't throw that ball then, you know, no, you, you got a wall of dudes in front of you. No, those are fluke plays. I mean, it's a, it's a throw you have to make. And if you look at the one, especially that Marlon Humphrey tipped, well, both of them, you could say like, there's literally, so an NFL football field's what? 53 yards wide. I'm almost positive no, it's 53 yards that wide. Right. There's 48 yards that that ball could have landed that neither one of those is a pick. It's such a fluke play. No, like, I did go right to him, you know, but right. I just. But even the other two picks are inexcusable. But three picks in the first half, I mean, that's, you're not going to win the game. No. Yeah, and we already your, talked about with Nick Mullins and they still almost somehow won the game. But these were early enough that they could have still corrected that. When he threw his third pick, it was only, oh, man, what, what was it here? It was only uh, 10, to, 10 to 5 when he threw his third one, I'm pretty sure. Because I watched a good chunk of that game. They were still in the game. They were still in the game, and they still couldn't get it together. Yeah, Purdy, it was 10-5, Purdy just right. looked off. He just looked off. But they, I mean, Baltimore's defense played outstanding as well. They were coming after him all game. That was really the story of the game, in my opinion, is how good this Baltimore defense looked. And they've never gotten their flowers this year. They're the best defense in the NFL. No, are they really? Yeah. If you I mean statistically, it's it's like overall defense. They're the best defense in the league, brother. Wow. That trade that they made for Roquan Smith is going to go down yeah. as the best move of the year. And he ate too. <laughs> he always does, dude. The 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 combo of him and Patrick Queen on the inside. Mm-hmm. Patrick Queen's a sore spot for me because the Packers could have drafted him. In the year he was drafted, now I believe I don't remember who we drafted that year, but it was not Patrick not Patrick Queen. Queen. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's a, the Ravens' offense looks pretty unstoppable at this point. Their receivers are getting open; they're making plays. Zay Flowers is fun to watch, bro. Just fun to watch, man. He's he's fun to watch, and pretty lost this game, lost the MVP. The Ravens just dominated. If it's a Super Bowl preview. I'm excited for the Super Bowl because you know one thing, Kyle Shanahan will make adjustments. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No, for sure. And then, you know, I just I just want to touch on my MVP. I don't give a 
dang what the league thinks or anybody else. CMC is the is the league MVP in my eyes. That team is different without Christian McCaffrey back there. Like you could you could try putting Debo back there, and he's definitely going to be better than probably any other option you have available to you. But just CMC's big playability anytime he touches the ball, whether it's a handoff, a pitch, get catching the ball, it doesn't matter, dude. Just put it in his hands. When the game when the game was tight still early on, and he took this, I don't, God, I want to say, I don't think it was a rush. I think it was, I think it was like a short pass, but he just turned it on as soon as he caught the ball and took it. Was it a rush, dude? He took when they were still in the game. Like that was such a huge play. Like that's that's just putting the team on your back at that point. Guys missing tackles. He's just shrugging them off. Like I just, there's nobody better that that, that does it right now. I couldn't agree more. I, I really think Christian McCaffrey, if you look at the, the actual definition of the award, the most valuable player, he is more valuable to the Niners than Purdy. But I don't know if I could say that. I don't know if he's, he's going to win. Right. I, I don't. Well, well, I don't know if he could. I don't know if I could sit here and say that he's more valuable, valuable to the Niners than Lamar is to the Ravens. But like we've seen Hunt is Huntley still Lamar's backup. Uh, yeah, I believe so. He's not horrible when he come when he's had to come in to relieve Nor is Elijah Lamar. Mitchell. No, but I would. It's still that's not CMC, and same way Huntley's still not Lamar Jackson. So it's yeah, right, right, yeah. right. right. But I think yeah, CMC so will what, be the only non-quarterback in. I mean, Tyreek could push for it to be the only non-quarterback in in the MVP conversation. I don't think Tyreek should be in that conversation. Do you don't think so? How, what, how many yards is he at right now? Well, he's probably going to break 2K. He'll, he'll, he'll more than likely break the single season record, but it's just, to, to me... You're going to break the season, season single season record, and he's not in the conversation for MVP? I think two is more valuable to that team than Tyreek. That's crazy. I mean, I would... Two is. He's playing out of his mind this year. I think Tyreek has the, the Offensive Player of the Year award in the bag, even Locked more up. than CMC. Locked and that, that's a debate I would that, love to actually sit there and look at. That would be interesting. Yeah, but it's just, I mean, the, the MVP award is never going to be won by anybody but a quarterback. Usually it's the best quarterback. It's the quarterback on the team with the best record. And again, we haven't seen one since 2012. Like, yeah. that's why. And it took AP almost, and there was so much more than that, as we discussed. Yeah, the storyline and stuff. Yeah, but it's just... I don't know. I mean, I, I'd love to, and we will, you know, once the season's kind of wrapped up and we're getting into the, the off season here, we'll, we'll have some, you know, predictions on rewards and whatnot. And we can kind of hash it out at that time, but it, it should, should Christian McCaffrey be in the discussion? <clears throat> I think over Brock. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, Brock, I wouldn't sure. be mad at a finalist of let's say two of Lamar and CMC. Right. And which out finalists. of those three CMC's getting third, unfortunately. Yeah, Most I mean, likely. I could see him getting more than Tua just because of Tyreek Hill. But you think Lamar Jackson right now is the MVP of the league? I would, I think so. I mean, if I were to have to cast a vote, yes. Just because of what he means to that and team. It, and it is hard to argue that. It really is. Because he's such a three. He can, he can do anything. He really can. <laughs> and it, yeah, so. But let's wrap up week 18, or sorry, week 16 here. Uh, Ravens took this one uh, for the week. Then Smelty and I both at two and three. There's a reason. There's a reason Kevin is not a every time member of this podcast, as he's not a football enthusiast as Smelty or I. Uh, but he did go zero and five. We'll just <laughs> pass that along and move on. Yeah. Nine one one. What's your emergency? Well, that leads us to tent talk this week. We'll start with some injuries. Trevor Lawrence, sprained right shoulder, availability up in the air. He has a sprained AC joint to be exact. 
boy, is he valuable to that Jaguars team. As we stand right now, they are leading their division at 8-7. and seven. The Texans and the Colts are, however, tied with them at 8-7. and seven. I don't know if they're going to be able to do anything without Trevor. He's just too, too valuable. They have an easy schedule to end the year, playing the Panthers and the Titans. But they oh, need Trevor, brother. They got that going for them, though. Who's their backup right now again? The Jaguars? Yeah, exactly. I honestly I don't even know. CJ Beathard, maybe? Oh, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Um, at least they do have an easier schedule. So that's what they have going for them. However, who do the Colts play their um, final game? The Colts play the Titans. Their, the, the, the Colts play the Texans their final game. Week 18 is Colts-Texans. That could be a good game. And next week, CJ's the Colts bad. play the Raiders. So I th- well, and the Raiders are all of a sudden trying to make a statement. The Raiders, <laughs> so, the Raiders could come. Okay. The Raiders could mess around and sneak into the playoffs here. They are seven and eight. Ooh, uh, the Raiders could mess around so and the, win the, their division. The, 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 bro. the Jaguars' playoff destiny is in their hands, and it's also in the health of Trevor Lawrence. So, yeah, that is a big one. We're gonna have to see if he's ready to play. Yeah, it's kind of a fifty-fifty thing. We we really don't know yet. I think he's going to just because he has a dog. He has the grit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they need him. They need him. Moving on over to the Dolphins. Jalen Waddle, high ankle sprain. I don't think the Dolphins really are going to play him these last two games. There's no reason. There's no need. They got the playoffs locked up. They just save him for the playoffs. And they got the division locked up too, don't they? Um, No. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Division so locked up. Why so. would you then? Why would you? Might you might as well not. I wouldn't. You still have Tyreek. You still have Mostert. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they're playing for nothing. Can they even get the number one seed at this point? Well, yeah. they play Baltimore this week. Yeah, they could. I just, if the I, Ravens I, win week 18. If he's lose, not 100% with a high ankle there's sprain, no reason. don't play him. There's no reason. I wouldn't play him. Like I'd rather have him two weeks off than have him play two weeks and get a week off. 100%. All right, then we're going to move over to your Vikings. We have a couple injuries to talk about. We'll start on the offensive side of the ball. Two big playmakers got hurt in that game. Jordan Addison hurt his ankle. He's day-to-day, but the big one here smelty. TJ Hawkinson, ACL, MCL, he's done for the year. Yeah, and that's just unfortunate with how much he's been coming on to as of late, uh, being that big target, making his money. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely a big loss. You know, so you're going to see Josh Oliver pick up more of those receptions, even though he is a blocking tight end. He has actually come up in the clutch a couple times this year, so I do expect to see him get a couple catches. And then Jordan Addison, I'd I'd imagine he will play this weekend, especially with potentially the season on the line going up against Green Bay. I mean, that's shaping up to be a big game. Sunday night football, you know what it is. Um, Packers versus Vikes, but uh, yeah. And on the defensive side of the ball, you got DJ Wanham. Uh, for those that don't know, he's kind of the counterpart to Daniil Hunter done for the season as well with a torn quad. So, I mean, that's just a big loss to a guy who I believe is also on a contract year. Um, I, he may stay for cheap, but I mean that with the injury like that, um, it just sucks. That That's going to be a long recovery. Yeah, it sucks because he was he he's a good young looking kid too. He is. Yeah, he is young. And that's the thing. He almost looks exactly like Daniil Hunter. Like body shape and everything, like he's another strong human being, another guy that's perfect off the edge. It just it just sucks for him. Yeah, it really does. And then we had Brock Purdy get get injured, his second stinger in as many weeks. He's expected to play this week. Not not much needs to be said about that. And C.J. Stroud is tracking to play this week as well. 
So then, so for some news, uh, Mason Rudolph named the starter for next week as Kenny Pickett is still recovering. And boy, did Mason look good last week, Smelty. He really did, actually. He, I, I didn't expect that at all out of Mason. I, I'm actually not a Mason fan at all. I don't like the guy, but he, uh, he absolutely played way better than Mitch Trubisky. So absolutely, I would start him over Mitch at this point if Kenny Pickett can't go, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as it stands right now, the Steelers are on the outside looking in. But there is a bunch of teams tied at eight yeah, and seven. They so absolutely they, they control still their have destiny. a shot. Yeah. Absolutely. They control their destiny. Then we move on to Tommy Cutlets. He got benched. Tyrod Taylor came in. We don't need to spend much time on this. The Giants aren't doing anything. They're already eliminated from the playoffs. But what a story Cutlets has been, eh? It is interesting, though, that they I don't even think he's came out. Dayball just came out and said who's starting. I think it's a toss up right now. Who cares? And it, it it's it's interesting though that Tommy Cutlets has been making all these Headlines and whatnot, and now eh, maybe the end of the season we may not. When he got nothing to play for, which is weird. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Pat Mahomes came out and said, "If we clean it up, we can beat anybody." I do think that's true. the The, the Chiefs' offense they doesn't doesn't look the same, obviously, but their their defense is still top notch. They have some talent on the offensive side of the ball. I think they just really do need to clean it up. What what they really need to do is get more rhythm throws for these receivers to build momentum. And for Mahomes to get involved in the offense and just get going, they need to stop relying on his greatness. He's going to give you the greatness, but that can't be your main focal point of having him to do they've forcing him to do that for this offense to produce. No, a hundred percent. I agree. Uh and plus, I mean, Kansas City's a playoff team. You know, we're we're gonna see what they do come playoff time. I think they will come alive like they do, like Mahomes does, and we're gonna see them play. Close games. And I think they still have an opportunity to win those games. Now, do I think they can beat anybody? This season, that's a stretch for me. I think they're sputtering at the wrong time to be sputtering right now. Um, so it, it's just too much going wrong at the wrong time. But can they? do they have time to fix it? Absolutely. They play Cincinnati this week. They should be able, if, if they win against Cincinnati, they should be able to handle them. Do you know who their last game of the season is? I can get Kansas that City. for you here in just one second. I'm just curious. They end the season in LA to play the Chargers. Kansas City should be 11 and six at the end of the year, and win their no division. No reason they're not, and win their division. If they don't, they could be a first round exit in the playoffs. I think they'll make the playoffs no matter what. Well, I mean, if they lose both, I where they're in trouble. I don't know. I don't know. I think they're good enough to make the playoffs and win the division. I don't think they're good enough to make a deep run this season with how well. The Dolphins are honestly playing, and also, obviously, the Ravens. But I just I don't see them. I think the Browns could beat them. Yeah, I I think sitting here saying, like, we can beat anybody, I do think that's true. Do I think they will? No, but when you have Pat Mahomes at quarterback, I, I'll never rule them out. What if they run into Buffalo in the playoffs this year? Do you, do you think they I beat think Buffalo, Buffalo at this point? I think Buffalo has too many weaknesses and injuries on defense for them to make an actual playoff run. Fair. They're just not deep enough. They're They're playing out of their mind. They're riding the momentum right now. They are. They are. But it's also, like, assuming the Chiefs win their division, Arrowhead's a whole nother ball game in the playoffs. It is. No, no, it is. Yep, 100%. All right, so that goes, uh, we're going to finish off the 10 talk here with the Rodgers watch. There's not much Rodgers watch. He's not going to play the rest of the year, but he did come out on uh, Pat McAfee's show today. And there was like, oh, the the fullback that's been in the league for 10 years got sent to the practice squad because they opened up a roster spot for Rodgers. Rodgers told the team to put him on IR. They just didn't. 
I don't know why. Really? Yeah. So he came out and said that. Um, you know, it's so it's so he has the ability to practice, so he can kind of right. start yep, building that chemistry that. with yep. the team. But yeah, so he he didn't even want to actually be activated once the Jets. Because he can't practice with the team if he is on IR, right? Correct. Yeah. You have that, that three-week window that opens up that allows him to practice, but then it has to be put the active, to the active roster to actually practice. Yeah, that's kind of messed up. That's yeah. weird. That's weird that he asked the team and they just didn't. Now, on the, on the, the good thing about that is the fullback that got put to the practice squad, I can't remember his name, but he's a six-year NFL vet. So when he was moved to the practice squad, his contract was already fully guaranteed. So he's not losing any money going to the practice squad or being cut. But if you're the Jets, why do you do that? What I don't is know. the purpose of it? So you could have him they practice. get more continuity with the team. Simply just it, allow him to practice. Like you, I don't get it. I don't know. I, I feel don't like you got a lot of time it. in the offseason for it. But, exactly. But I guess at this point, too, what are the Jets playing for? Nothing. So it's, right. it's a What's wash. What's a fullback on the active you know, roster really going to matter? Like, I feel bad for the guy. But, yeah, what it's a wash for the team as an organization. Like, it, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. That moves us to my favorite segment of the week. Genius. Smelty. Your bonehead move of the week, brother. What do we got? Yeah, so I have uh, absolutely nothing, actually. Uh, you brought to me the bonehead of the week, and I think that's amazing. So why, why don't you take it away? We'll run with it this week. Mike Florio, going into the Niners-Ravens game, made a comment that media pundits are going to make, and boy, did the Ravens run with it. Pardon my explicitive, but he came out and That's not the right word. Expletive? Expletive. <laughs> That's why I talk football and I'm not an English teacher. Uh, But he came out and he said that the Niners were going to kick the out of the Ravens. Lamar heard it. He talked about it after the game. And he he basically just came out and Lamar was just like, why why do you say that? When when you're saying, when you're talking that kind of punditry, it's, it's to the point where it's disrespectful. At the end of the day, they're all NFL players. Every single one of them is providing for their family and it is their job to say that they're going to come out and kick the out of them when the Ravens have done nothing but prove they're the best team in the AFC, arguably the best team in the NFL, you could strongly make that argument now that they just manhandled the Niners. I just don't think those comments need to be made. And why give anybody any fire at this point in the season? 100%. Well, and like, if you're going to take it personally, then that just, you got to grow up a little bit. But if you're going to take it as disrespect, like on the season, what you guys have done that season... Absolutely, that's disrespectful. There's there's no reason that we, like, sh- shoot, we wouldn't have even said that. We wouldn't have said the Niners were going to kick the shit out of the Ravens. Now, we, we I, I know, I, let's see, actually, we all said that the 49ers would win the game, which did not happen, um, but we figured it would be close. It'd be one now, thing if we, the Niners we, were playing the Panthers. Or if it's, like, our team or something, right? Like, I think the Vikings are going to kick the shit out of the Bears. Yeah. Well, that's just normal NFC North. But it's, you got the best team in the NFC playing the best team in the AFC. Both teams are buzzing. Like, what are you doing? Now, he's come out after and said it was a mistake, and of course, he's going to wow. cover his tracks. But, Somebody told him to say And at the end of the day, what Lamar basically said was like, it's disrespectful. At the end of the day, he's saying what he needs to say to get more views, and that's what they're going to do. Right. So Lamar right. and, and Lamar just said, yeah, I mean, it's just like, you don't have to say that kind of thing. It's, it's just, it's just the level of disrespect is what Trying really to stir got the pot. him. Trying to stir the pot right before the game. Now I didn't know that Lamar heard it before the, he heard it. I don't before know if he necessarily game? heard it before, but a reporter oh, asked oh, him a yeah. question and then he like, he, he had obviously seen it with his answer. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, that's all we got for you for the bonehead move of the week. We might have some, uh, some better one for you next week, but let's wrap this thing up. Mr. Smelty. 
So we got week 17 upon us. We'll start this week. Green Bay is coming up here to the Twin Cities and taking on the Vikings. The point spread has changed from last week, and now Minnesota is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Tell me why you're taking Minnesota this week, Smelty, because I'm sure you are. <laughs> I was just about to say, you already you don't even need to ask me for my pick. You already know. Um, it just depends on who starts at quarterback, to be honest with you. But either way, they got to get the running game going a little bit more this week. And if they do that, I think they can pull it off. It's going to be a lot of Justin Jefferson and hopefully Jordan Addison. But um, you'll probably see K.J. Osborne get a little bit more involved with T.J. going down now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean... I think the Vikes cover that for sure. Yeah, I'm going to disagree. I think the Packers are going to win this game. Um, they don't need to cover it. They just need to win. So, it, to, to me, it's going to depend on Jair Alexander and if they're going to allow him to travel and cover Justin Jefferson. They might as well. We haven't proven that we're really going to do that, and Jair hasn't been himself this year. He hasn't. Now, battled, battled injuries, but this last game was actually the first game that we had Jair and Eric Stokes on the field since 2021. I like Eric Stokes, too. What, I do, too. What has been his deal? What's Eric Torres Stokes? ACL. Oh, did he? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I remember Stokes. ACL. I really liked him coming out of college. Yep. And he was, was one of them Georgia guys we got. that you guys picked him up. Yeah, he's super fast. So he has, the, he has the speed. He has the athleticism. He has the build. He has the body for an NFL corner. So I like seeing them both on the outside. But it's, it's going to come down to if Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, and Dontavian Wicks play. Like, we're going to run the ball. We're going to be successful running the ball, but we have to have some sort of outside threat. And Vikings defense is good, not great. They're playing decent. They're without one, maybe two of their top corners. <laughs> yeah, so. it'll be interesting to see if Devondre Campbell comes back this week, if Darnell Savage comes back this week, but it's going to come down to Jordan Love making plays. Yeah, I, I'd probably agree with that. I'd probably agree with that. Yeah, but for the record, I got the pack. Smelty has his Vikings. Then we move down to Dallas. We got Detroit taking on the Cowboys. Cowboys are a six and a or six point favorite on this one, Smelty. I don't know where I'm at. I don't know where I'm at, to be honest with you. That's a lot of points. I, I'm going with Detroit simply because of that fact. Uh, I really wanted to go with Dallas, especially Dallas at home. It's pretty freaking hot right now. But just it's the six points. I think Detroit is better than that. And I think they're going to show that this weekend. I disagree. I think the Cowboys are going to cover that six points. The Cowboys need a, a, a good, solidified win against a good team. This and be that. Detroit does not have the defensive that the Dolphins do. They don't. No, 100% they, do. they don't. They do not. So don't. I think that uh, Dak's going to eat on this this Cowboy defense, or sorry, this Lions defense. Tony Pollard's going to get the good get the ball rolling here. And I just don't know if if the the, the Lions will be able to have their rushing prowess that they've had this year against the, uh, the the Cowboy defense. I think the Lions are so high right now on their NFC North division win, championship win. Like, I think they're just, I think that two-headed monster in the backfield is going to come alive and Goff is going to do enough to win. That, yeah, we'll one. agree to disagree on this one. Uh-huh. But I like the disparity. I like the disparity. <laughs> Um, that leads us to Miami going down to Baltimore. That is our game of the week this week. What a game it should be, man. These are two high-powered offenses, two teams that are playing out of their mind. Their defenses are just on fire. Baltimore comes in as a three-and-a-half-point favorite as the home team in this one. I don't know, Smelty. I think I have to go Baltimore. It's I really do. That's the thing. It's really hard to argue that three-and-a-half for me. 
It really is. I think is. that's a little bit too much. I see this as a one and a half point spread, personally. That's the problem. That's the problem I'm having. So, you know what? I'm going Miami. I think they're going to surprise some people. I think they're going to show they're for real and have an outside shot at that number one seed. Would I actually take it over at that point? Because they would hold the tiebreaker over Baltimore. But I, I think they're going to show that they're, they're not to be messed with this week. And I, no, no wonder that's the game of the week. That should be another high-powered game. But we also thought that with the Ravens and 49ers, and it did turn out to that. So if that Baltimore defense shows up at home, it could be over early. But I, I am going with Miami here. I like it. I like how we're not on the same side here, but I think Baltimore is going to cover that three and a half. I just don't see the um, the Dolphins defense being able to really contain Lamar. And I, I really, really like Baltimore in this one, especially at home. And if Dave Baltimore wins, they they pretty much lock up that number one seed. So they have something to play for. They would. This, this is a great game. That leads us down then to Cincinnati taking on Kansas City. Cincinnati didn't look good last week. Chiefs didn't look good that last week. Seven-point favorite for the Chiefs. That's way too many points. Way too many points. But I, I just think Joe Browning has come back to earth. This Chiefs are going to cover. They need Joe this game. Browning. Joe Browning. Yeah, that's the... He used to be Joe Browning. But Jake Browning, he, he's come back to earth. The Turning tape's out on him. Jake. Dang it. Yeah, he's back to Jake from State Farm. <laughs> um, but Kansas City's going to cover that seven points. They need this game. Kansas City needs this game. It's in Arrowhead. I'm agreeing with you 100%. Seven is a real a, a lot, but just how, like, exactly what you said. Literally how Cincinnati played last week and how Browning specifically played in Kansas City, it's it's going to be a nightmare for them. I don't think they have a shot this weekend. Well, we're on the same the same side for one this week, Smeltzy. Yeah, don't get used to it. <laughs> All right, the week 17 wraps up for our games here with New Orleans going down to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's a three-point favorite in this one, and this has so much playoff implications, it's not even funny. It really it's, does for more like, than just those two teams. It, 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 this is going to be like like a forecasting kind of what's going to happen with the NFC playoff picture. What do you got, man? I'm taking Tampa Bay all the way. Baker Mayfield has played himself into an opportunity to be the starter of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2024. I think they absolutely should give him that opportunity, and I think they will. But as far as the rest of the season goes, he absolutely they, they win this weekend. I think he's really starting to get hot at the right time. And I, do I think they'll make a deep run? No. But I think they'll win not only this week, but win the NFC South. I agree with you. I, I think... Uh, the way that the offense is clicking with Baker and Mike Evans. I think Baker's played himself into a Geno Smith contract. Like we kind of touched earlier, two years, 40, 45 mil. Yeah. Why not? You know, he, he's deserved it. Tampa, for why sure. not at this point? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? You're not going to get a, they're not going to have a low enough draft pick to grab one of the top quarterbacks. There's no free agent quarterback. That's really a name Cousins. outside of Kirk. And I, I think Tampa Bay is going to like, like you said, win this game, lock up the NFC South. They wouldn't lock it up with this game, but you know, it, it's kind all of just going to lock it up. Right. All Depending but lock on it up. what Atlanta does in Chicago this weekend, too. Yeah. And I just, Derek Carr is just not the quarterback. He's for not. Me. He's not. And like, I really thought that he would be, I thought it would light a fire under him to be in New Orleans, like definitely in that atmosphere for one, but two, just new scenery. And I, I really thought it would be a new start for him. And he just really hasn't shown that. No, this year. So really I hasn't. don't know what they're going to do, but New Orleans, I think, is going to be searching for a quarterback this offseason. Yeah. Didn't they pay Derek Carr, though? They did. Four yeah, years they, if they, I'm not mistaken. I, I don't. They got to get rid of him. They got to do something. Who's going to take him? Nobody. Who's but take him. And who are no, you going to replace him with? I don't give a dang. Jameis. Yeah. 
I know. That's a, that's I a know. conversation for another I know. time. I mentioned Jameis every other pod, but... <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, Smelty. Well, it's been a blast, brother. We have a good slate of football ahead of us. I love this time of year, getting down to the nitty-gritty. As always, like, comment, subscribe. We'll see you next week. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe. Tune in next time for more banter with the boys.